You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, the Bucks lost 106-101 to the Miami Heat. They get outscored in the fourth quarter, 28-22. That means they had a one-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Giannis Dedekumbo was 6-15 of 15 from the field. 8 of 15 from the free throw line. He scored 22 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Chris Middleton was 11 of 22 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. That includes 2 garbage time threes. 25 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. Eric Bledsoe, 11 points, 2 of 13 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, Five assists, three rebounds, and a steal. After the game, we were told that the Milwaukee Bucks are a young team (laughs) and that they have to go through this and they have to learn how to do this. And until they do, they're going to be a team that wins two and loses two. And that means that they will be 500. And that means that, you guessed it, the Bucks are just feeling the gravitational pull of mediocrity it's not going anywhere bucks aren't going to do anything about it they're just going to continue to do that for the rest of the season Did, didn't the person who informed you of of that fact didn't that person also make some comment about like how you, there wasn't like in the the selfishness issues they were having there was there was nothing that they could do coaching wise about it or something like to that effect yes that is correct. <laughs> and wasn't that the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks who said that? It's funny how that uh, <laughs> how, how that works out. Yes, it was. And uh, I guess to to read the quote here, Jason mentioned that they were selfish in the fourth quarter to Matt Velasquez. Matt and I have both heard that before. That they were selfish in the fourth quarter it is a. Uh, Ongoing. And they were. I mean, they they were. I mean, no doubt about that, it. That is, it is an ongoing incorrect. trend. It is an ongoing trend, and because it's an ongoing trend, I asked a follow up. And is there anything you can do about that? How can you go about that and make that not be an ongoing trend? And we were told, I think, when you become twenty five or in the twenty eight range, you tend to think about the game. We're talking about kids. They're thinking about putting the ball in the basket, and they all believe they can do it. And until we can think about being a team and making a play and being unselfish, good things happen when we've seen it. When we're selfish, we're as bad as anybody in the league, and that's what happens. There's no coaching. There's nothing that you can do but go through it as a team. 
We can keep telling them what's coming as a coach, and we can tell them what to do, but the final is up to them to make that decision, and right now, we have a hard time doing that. That is Jason Kidd after the Bucks stopped passing in the fourth quarter and got outscored 28-22 by a team that has inferior talent in the Miami Heat. And who beat them even more handily less than a week ago. Um, and, and by the way, like to a large extent, um, like the selfishness stuff, all this other stuff, this is to me this is a bit of a red herring the bucks are um let's see this season they have the uh let me just check what the numbers currently they are ninth in the league in clutch offensive rating um they are let's see sixth in the league in clutch net rating um so the monkey bucks problems in the grand scheme of the universe are not that oh, they always become selfish in crunch time and then they lose games because of it. Like, that's not really... I mean, that was an issue tonight, obviously. They couldn't stop Hassan. I mean, to kind of zoom out for a second. I mean, they, they couldn't stop Hassan Whiteside. You know, John Henson had no chance against Hassan Whiteside. Thonmaker had no chance against Hassan Whiteside or Kelly Olenek. Um, you know, they, they, didn't, they weren't horrible defensively, if you look at the numbers. Um but, you know, winning plays, that stuff we talked about the other day happening against the Wizards, that didn't happen. Um, Giannis, I think at one point Giannis was 5 out of 9 from the field and uh, 7 out of 9, I want to say, from the foul line. And he ends up finishing 1 out of 6 from the field. He goes 1 out of 6 from the foul line to end the game, including missing 4 straight. Uh, really just putting a dagger through my heart, missing two meaningless free throws with 1.4 seconds left. Just to really, like, kick sand on... People like me who take that that kind of crap way too seriously, um, but as you said, I mean, Bledsoe was really bad, and and yeah, I mean, they guys tried to make plays on their own down the stretch, but realistically, I mean, this is this is not like this is the talking point for tonight, and it's interesting because it's sort of Jason Kidd blaming his players and sort of absolving himself of being able to do anything. Um, so you don't think it has been a bigger problem, like not passing in the fourth quarter? Because I feel like the times that they've done well, and like you said, like their clutch numbers are, are totally fine. But I feel like the times that they've done well, it's it's hero ball, isn't it? Like, am, am I? Yeah, to some extent. But I mean, like that's like every team in the league. I sure. Mean, sure. Like the like the Utah Jazz like play this beautiful flowing style, and they have a garbage offense. <laughs> you know, I mean, like ultimately, I think that's. I mean, like are the Bucks suboptimal offensively because of stuff like this yeah i mean they could definitely be better like could the play calling be more imaginative absolutely right i mean it's not like jason kidd has no control over the sets they run or the things yeah. that lead up to them making selfish plays and also i mean defenses key up like they take away passes that maybe they would allow earlier in games because teams generally do a better job you know denying the denying the ball and doing stuff late in game so i mean some of the stuff is just like you know you're gonna have to be more hero ballish the best teams also play more hero ballish late yeah. in games I mean, some of the stuff is just sort of just sort of happens and when when it works you know you say how great are these players and when it doesn't work you say this kind of stuff right yep. um but i just want to kind of separate out the problem for tonight which i think was that kind of stuff because you know, really, the, the Bucks' best players didn't make plays late. Chris Middleton, as usual, made 
bunch of shots once the Bucks were kind of losing by too many points in the last like minute or two. Um, couldn't make shots before that. Giannis totally faded. You know, wasn't as aggressive as again we wanted him to be. It was kind of a some some similar stuff as we saw last week. James Johnson just really has defended him as well as anybody, and Giannis had really nothing going when when he was going matched up head on head to head with James Johnson. How old um, is James Johnson? Uh, a million. I don't know. He's like a million. He always looks like overweight. Um, but because I was gonna say, because if if he can play for like five more years, whatever team is gonna be facing off against the Bucks in serious times, you gotta trade for James Johnson. Just, just trade for like, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, the Bucks should like put him on the payroll. Just you know, it would just help. So he's not. Yeah. But I mean, of course, he's got now this really big contract with the Heat, so that's not gonna happen. But uh, but yeah, he because he he just Giannis doesn't appear to want to do anything against him which, which when you think about Johnson like he's a guy that can move his feet he's a guy that is pretty strong and he's the type of guy that can be physical with Giannis and stay with him and yeah. those are, those are the type of guys that that really make it hard on him and then on top of that you add Hassan Whiteside at the rim <laughs> and yeah, it's it's gonna lead to a tough night and it, just these two heat games you don't often see Giannis look uh, I don't want to say I guess kind of lost at the rim like there would just be times where by the time he got there he was kind of excited that oh wow I actually got like through I got through James Johnson this is awesome and then it was just Hassan Whiteside waiting for him and him not being able to get lift and him not having enough in his legs and the drive that he had to go dunk on Hassan Whiteside and instead it's a finger roll and Whiteside is just going to toss it. And uh, he did that to not only Giannis, to a bunch of guys tonight. Six blocks for Hassan Whiteside tonight. And it, it just seemed like throughout the game, everyone wanted to test Hassan Whiteside for some reason. And it was not a test that went well for just about anybody. No. And um, I, I think, you know, what we saw in Miami, Malcolm Progdon was the one guy who actually did have some luck doing that in, in Miami, was getting seemed to get like a bunch of like high glass lefty yep. shots over Whiteside. And Brogdon, uh, as well as he has played up late tonight, sort of the luck run out or ran out two out of seven from the field, just eight points, um, 29 minutes. Uh, Tony Snell was playing a lot of the clutch time minutes, although Snell hit what four or five from deep, which was encouraging. But I, first when, half when did only. he take his final shot? Yeah, I mean, he didn't even get shots. Like, and that's that kind of speaks to the Bucks' lack of ball movement because Tony's not going to get the ball. Correct. If the Bucks don't try to try to move the ball around, and um, you know, again, we we saw. I mean, Giannis had some nice passing moments tonight. Had some um, some cool passes. Yep. Which uh, a month ago, maybe I started. I was complaining about him not having cool passes, and he has heated the call and had a number of cool passes. Maybe the the only unselfish play <laughs> that I can remember in the fourth quarter yeah. was um, that alley-oop play for Bledsoe um, uh, early after that they came back into the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, Giannis just kind of didn't have much going. Uh, couldn't maybe make a free throw to save his life. He goes 8 out of 15 tonight, was 9 out of 15 on Monday. Again, missed his last four in both these games. And, um, you know, again, you just – all that stuff adds up. Like, you just – give away these free points. I mean, we know Giannis should be able to hit free throws and he just, he just hasn't the last two games. Um, and Bledsoe, yeah, I mean, two out of 13, right? I mean, he's a guy that obviously has has made plays in fourth quarters for the Bucs. Uh, tonight, uh, he didn't make plays at any point, really. Uh, you know, and and it's, it's tough. And Middleton, you know, again, I mean, 
25 points, but you know, 22 shots, um, didn't really do much from deep until he hit two threes late to kind of keep it semi-respectable. But, uh, you know, again, the Bucks were really out of the game at that point in the last Things couple minutes. Things aren't going to so. go well if Chris Middleton is the one guy on your team able to get shots off. Yeah, like that's just yeah. not going to work out. Like if he's right. if he's your leader in field goals, that says something to me. I think more serious about Giannis and and Eric Bledsoe. Like that's what you, that's what you're there for. You're you're the ones that are there to create, and you are the ones that are supposed to be attacking. And well, if Chris has to do it, I think we all know what's going to happen. Like he's going to take some four shots. He's going to take some off the dribble. He's going to take some pull ups. He's rarely going to get to the rim. Like that is. That is the Chris Middleton lead man experience. And when he plays 41 minutes on a night two, like it's only going to continue to get worse. Uh, so uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I, and I, I thought the fourth quarter, like the tone was set for just a bad offensive quarter when they started it with that lineup that we were bemoaning the other night, which was once again, because Brogdon is starting and kid, you know, seems to, for some reason, like Brogdon and Bledsoe together. Um, we saw again this lineup of what was it? Delhi, Snell, Sterling Brown, the four bench guys, Chris, and Chris, Chris Middleton, and Thon Maker. And it's like I, I jokingly said that Jason Kidd's rolling out his zero shot creation lineup again um, to start a fourth quarter of a closed game. And um, they they didn't. It's not like that lineup did not get blown out of the water. I think it was close um, because Chris hit like two difficult, tough tough shot express shots. Choo choo. <laughs> um, but like they looked terrible offensively. Otherwise, they had that one play where like Delhi is like bunched, like ends up getting like picks up his dribble like on near the sideline with like, and he's like bunched up with like two other guys and like Snell and like another guy's like near him and he just loses out of bounds. It's just like. Oh God! It was just like predictably bad. Um, I, I but at the same like, time, that unit was awesome in the second quarter. Yeah, they were. Awesome. They actually were, and, and they were moving and, the basketball, and they were playing with each other. And I think that's when Snell goes. Is that when he hits two or three of his threes? Like he hits a couple. They get the ball moving. Sterling Brown, I think, has a reverse layup during that point. Chris Middleton had had a I think a, a layup and then also was that when he had his dunk too? Like they were moving the ball and being active and it's like okay that makes sense. Chris Middleton as the guy that starts this and then maybe gets the ball back at the end of the possession is great, but Chris Middleton who dribbles for eight seconds and then takes a tough fader, even if it goes in, even if it goes in, like you said, it's setting the tone for the entire fourth quarter that, all right, it's fourth quarter, it's hero ball time, and that's just not a good message to send. Because I, I understand final two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, hero ball. Like, everyone is going to go to that. It it cuts down on the possible errors you can make. It, it just makes everything easier. I get it. The whole league does that, but not the whole fourth quarter. Like, the whole yeah. fourth quarter is when I find a problem with hero ball. It shouldn't last that long. The, the, the last couple minutes, sure. That, that is when possessions league-wide go to that. But not for the entire 12 minutes. And I, I think that, to me, was the thing that was, was most problematic was, one, if you play that lineup with Chris, you're essentially forcing him into it because you'll see stuff like Delhi had where he, 
I don't know what he thought was going to happen on that play. Um, it, and you're pretty much saying, okay, Chris, this is you. And when we talked about trading for Bledsoe originally, wasn't it, hey, this would be awesome. Now Chris doesn't have to be that guy. Like, you can stay your Bledsoe and help out with the playmaking there. And not only is Bledsoe not helping out with the playmaking on the second unit, like those bench units plus one starter, they've also taken Malcolm Brogdon away from Chris Middleton. So it's not just, it's Chris and Malcolm's on the bench with three other guys that may be subpar creators. It's Chris and four other dudes that actively don't create things. And you're like, you you can't tell me that you were expecting the results to be all that different than kind of what you had. Like, sure, there might be nights like tonight where that second quarter works out, the ball's moving, they're hitting threes and everything works out. But like, this is the problem with, moving Brogdon off that bench unit is if you're going to go four bench guys and a starter, well, there's not going to be any creation there. Yeah. And, um, tonight, I mean, you know, interesting this, I mean, James Johnson hits a three that, you know, I think you can generally live with Johnson taking threes, um, with four thirty nine left, that gives the heat a three point lead. Giannis answers with a three point shot of his own. That was obviously a huge shot at the time. Um, and then Giannis gets a steal, um, off a bad pass from Dragic. And I thought that this is kind of where the game turned. Middleton has a great look at a three. I think it was from the corner. Um, right wing. Misses it. Yep. Okay, right your wing. Okay, that's right. Uh, misses it. And it's like, all right, so what else is new? Chris has been just, you know, choking it away from the three-point line for a few games now. Sad, but true. This is, you know, this that was an opportunity slips by. Uh, Whitehead comes back with an alley-oop dunk, like the 85th time he's done that. Then Whiteside comes back, blocks Giannis, and going back the other way, um, the Bucks. It, I, I, can't, I don't know. I mean, if people sitting courtside may may have like heard something, I, I can't remember. Um, I think it reminded me of that play where the Bucks, like Jason Kidd, was desperately wanting the Bucks in Toronto, the close game in Toronto, to double DeRozan, mm-hmm. but it was like the players didn't know what was going on, so then they like are like really poorly organized and the the double comes like in a really crappy way and it's too easy to beat and Lowry hit a three and in this game they actually left open a much worse three-point shooter at least it was Justice Winslow but the Bucks like the double that they put um I was it on Dragic I assume yeah it just Um, looked like two guys in transition were like oh crap there's Dragic let's go get him and yeah no one talked yeah, and I don't, I don't know if that was a design trap that, that the coaching staff wanted or if that was just bad decision-making, whatever it was. I mean, it was, but, tra- it was transition, so I could see it being like, all right, we got to run out at Dragic here as opposed to a trap call. But, yes, go ahead. Sorry. They give up, yeah. But either way, they give up a wide-open three to Justice Winslow. He hits it. That makes it a five-point game at 311 left. And Bucks eight, take a timeout. swing. But, yeah, Bucks take a timeout, but then – um, you know, the, the game kind of swings from there. Uh, you know, the next few shots, Middleton, long three-point miss. Bledsoe, long three-point miss. Giannis, three-point miss. Bledsoe and Giannis is three-pointed. I mean, they literally, like, rimmed uh, in and out. Um, you know, easily one or both of those could have gone down. But, you know, again, and, and obviously if, if one or both go down, then maybe it's a story of, oh, the Bucks came back and won the game, you know. Um, but they did, right? And, and we can't be shocked because – Bledsoe's not a great three-point shooter. Giannis isn't a great three-point shooter um, or even good three-point shooter. Uh, And, you know, 
they they lose the game. So so yeah, I mean it's just you know, um, I mean we we've been saying the Bucks are a 50-50 team. I mean Jason Kidd admitted as much in his post game that you know they you give them four games they'll win two they'll lose two and um, I think you know again they just they don't really learn their lessons right they they had a look at this team they got the business from them uh, a week ago and or less than a week ago and you know whatever whatever they learned they really weren't able to apply and um, they lose another game to a team that is better coached than them and um, you know again doesn't have the star power but tonight I mean Hassan Whiteside was clearly a much better player than Giannis and yep. if that's the case then you're probably not going to beat the Miami Heat and the Heat moved to 26 and 18 and um, the Bucks fall to 23 and 21 and they're back in that seventh spot and you know same old same old from the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have the Heat again on February 9th, and do you want to like uh, like watch a movie that night or something? Because well, maybe maybe we should bring plan for uh, the the since JJ Birch, our friend and resident <laughs> JJ, that's your film night. critic, uh, we should probably just plan to have JJ come on. He he's been campaigning to uh, to do an episode where he breaks down his his favorite films of the year since that's like his 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 actual thing since he's a, a graduate student in, in film. Um, so maybe we, maybe, maybe we just, uh, we plan to have that be the night that JJ does a, uh, we will, we'll do like five minutes of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, shit, shit, the bed performance, the bucks provide that night. And then we'll, we'll talk about movies the rest of the night. Cause I don't, I don't really feel like watching Giannis <laughs> not be aggressive again. Like I'm not into that. Like that, yeah. that's the least enjoyable version of the bucks when Giannis just passes the ball off. Like, you, you know, I'm not you, into you it. Know, yeah, you know what the two plays that really killed me? To, well, among others, um, in the first half, Thon Maker throws maybe the the sexiest pass of his life, like an around the back pass. Like yep. like Thon was around the basket, a guy was right there. He goes around his back to Giannis, who's understandably surprised. Uh, sure, kind of fumbles it for a second, but catches it, and he's dare I say in the pop up zone. He was. Uh, and granted, I mean there was a guy that I forget who was standing there, but. Um, but Giannis has the ball like literally three feet from the hoop and then like basically backs out and passes out. And then a few minutes later, he gets a catch. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much what he did. Yeah. And then a couple minutes later, he catches the ball at the foul line. I forget who was guarding him. I don't think it was James Johnson. Um, and again, instead of like attacking and just putting a dude under the rim, mm -hmm. he passes out. And it was just like Giannis. Especially at that point, he had he had only taken a handful of shots. Um, you you know, it's like, dude, just get after it. Like you catch the ball within 15 feet of the basket, you're like one stride away from being at the rim. Your team is playing like you know. I mean, they they were playing better in the first half, um, thanks in large part to that bench unit taking advantage of of the non white side James <laughs> hey, Kelly. Johnson. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, exactly. Like they had the like cream puff lineup. I'm sure Giannis was sitting there on the bench like licking his chops, thinking, man, I wish I could take a crack at these guys. Um you yeah, know what? That, that's what that's what to do next game. Giannis doesn't play on white sides on the floor. Like just just let him go as hard Six as man Giannis. Just let him go as hard as he wants for those fourteen minutes because that appears to be the only way that he's gonna attack against the Heat. So let's do it. Fourteen well, I, minutes, I, try to score forty. I, if ever, I mean, if ever you were going to try to stagger Giannis's minutes by by, you know, giving him that like pull, that breast at like the six minute mark in that the first quick quarter. Pull, yeah. I mean, this would be the team to try it just to see. I mean, I, and again, I mean, Spolster could just pull Johnson and Whiteside, but 
Um, I'd be curious to see if that's what they would do. But instead, it, you know, a lot of times now it seems like like Kidd is just running his starters for longer minutes, which is doubly problematic because then it makes it harder, you know, to stagger Brogdon and Bledsoe and all that. So I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm I'm, kind of I'm out on passive Giannis. I'm just out yeah. on passive Giannis. Um, so if he wants to come back, that'd be great. If Bledsoe wants to not play like garbage against the uh, two back games against the Heat, like. There's something about that Heat team that this Bucks team does not like. So um, I, I'm more they're, than ready. They're well, they're well coached and are good defensively. I think that's probably what they what they dislike. Um, yeah. The, by the, the way, we should we should mention. Um, I have nothing really else to say about this game, but uh, I w- I had to chuckle. I listened to. I, I finally uh, you, you mentioned it on yesterday's pod. The uh, Bill Simmons Zach Lowe podcast about the East All Stars, <laughs> and then they did the West All Stars on the Low Post today. And um, I had to laugh or no, it was, it was a, the BS report was they split it. Low post was the East All-Stars. BS yeah. report was the West All-Stars. And I had to chuckle because they started off the pod today uh, talking about Zach was talking about how uh, he was getting all sorts of uh, hate from Bucks fans because I guess they didn't talk, they didn't talk about Chris Middleton at all as like a, an All-Star candidate or whatever. And first off, I was Whoa. shocked. because What? The Bucks fans were mad about that. Yeah, for a second there, I was shocked because I was like, I feel like Bucks fans are like more anti Chris Middleton than, <laughs> than than average NBA fans who mostly don't even like know who Chris Middleton is. Um, so I thought that was funny, but apparently there are some like legit positive Bucks fans out there who were hoping to give Chris um, a little bit of love. Which obviously, you know, we've talked about why we don't think Chris is an all-star um but you know granted I mean his numbers have, have been solid this year and, and Zach even noted like go compare uh Middleton's line versus Paul George's line I mean it's shockingly not that different yep but anyway um not to not to belabor that because we're not about that but they <laughs> then went into this they then went into this kind of uh discussion around how miserable Bucks fans are and how dark Bucks Twitter is wow and of course, I have I'm, not listened to this yet I'm really gonna have to hop oh, okay and so, of course, I was, like, amused because, like, of course, I mean, if anybody knows how dark Buck's Twitter is, it's us because, I mean, we, we live inside <laughs> Buck's, uh, Buck's Twitter. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny, although it was, the, the, it was funny to hear that. And then and, uh, Bill specifically called out uh, our buddy Ben Thompson's uh, at No Tech Ben account because, obviously, Ben's been on the BS Report to talk about tech stuff. And, uh, and he did mention how, you know, Ben's Spencer account is just sort of like I think opened Bill's eyes to the dark, the depths of of Buck's Twitter <laughs> and, and specifically, obviously, um, the the hashtag Fire Kid movement and all that. Although I, I thought it kind of, they where they kind of missed the boat was they were talking about how like Bucks fans are pissed off about everything, and I was just like, I don't think Bucks fans are pissed off about everything. I think Bucks fans are pretty consistently like focusing our like misery into like one central thing, and that's the, Jason. I was gonna say kid. the message is pretty clear, and it's two words. Yeah, like, I don't think I don't I don't think that I don't think there's a whole lot of like diversity of like oh they're hate they're so mad about this and that. No, it's just one thing. And granted, you know, I think Kid in a lot of ways has sort of become the proxy for like all things negative about the Bucks. Um, which I think at times is like is like less constructive because you know it's like harder to have like discussions around some things that that might not just be purely coaching issues. Oh, I'm but, really looking forward to actually discussing basketball with people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I haven't well, done it in a while. 
<laughs> but I, but it, it is sort of similar. I mean, it's like I, I didn't mention it last night, but I, it really is something too about like when we talk about DeAndre Jordan or the Bucks trying to make trades or trying to do like stuff to add like win now pieces. Like part of me, I mean, so much of this is just like I just sit back and I'm just like. I don't. I don't even want to like bother like trying to like collect more like short term assets for Jason Kidd's like benefit. Like, I I just I just want to like hit the pause. Like, let's just see what this roster does right now. And I mean, obviously, if there's some great chance to add like a long term piece, that'd be one thing. But to like run off and buy like buy up some guy who's going to be a short term help like DeAndre Jordan, whatever. Um, it's almost like well, what like. No, like I'm not. I like I. I don't. I'm not about just propping up Jason Kidd's short-term job security. Like that's the last thing I care about. And I kind of want to almost like keep things sort of static, see like where this team ends up, so that you know you have a better read on kind of like what where this team is like next year when you know if things go as I would expect, then you justifiably have a new coaching staff, and and then you sort of like see what the team does then, and then maybe you can kind of be a little bit more. I don't know, but I don't know. And, and again, that's not like you don't want to turn her down good deals just because, you know, you you're you're unsure about your coaching staff. But I also am like really hesitant to like think like, oh, we gotta like make a trade that makes it easier to get to the four seed because what you know? I, I don't know. But um, not to belabor the whole DeAndre Jordan slash other trade target stuff. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, I thought that was funny. If you guys haven't heard it. Um, do check it out. It's uh, it, it's always it's always funny to uh, to hear to hear perceptions of you know Bucks Twitter and 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 that kind of stuff um, from from people who aren't vested in <laughs> in it the way we are. Um, and and obviously we're, we we are we don't have the critical distance obviously to really step back and and take stock of of what Bucks Twitter is like. I guess so. Oh, we're very much in the forest. We're, 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 we're hopelessly lost in that forest. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Um, all right. I'm trying to think, uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's really anything else with that basketball game. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking for the, 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 what the, I, we, we got a couple days off from having to think about the bucks. I, I think we, we should take a day off at some point here in the next couple of days and just like de- like, well, the, by the way, I, I told you this before we got on the air. Nights like this, I'm so thankful that I'm like not a journalist. I don't have to like go and listen to players and coaches like talk about the Bucks, and I can just be like, "Screw this! I'm stepping back. I have my real life, my real job, my lovely wife who's a Rockets fan, and my you know dogs, and I can just go focus on that and not think about the Bucks and whatever." Oh, there's no escapism uh, for Eric Name. Yeah, I, I, I'm living it, my friend. I am living it. That's why people. People, people who uh, who envy people in sports media, um, just think about like, you know, Eric and and Gabe Stoltz and uh, and Matt Velasquez having to sit there and like listen to Jason Kidd wax poetic about the uncoachableness uh, of his team and and that kind of stuff, and uh, that that's just great times uh, all around. So uh, so yeah, the glamour the glamour of uh, of covering an NBA team right there for you. My life isn't bad. Uh, I will say that. I, I live a yeah. good life. So uh, that's going to be it. 
God, that's that's how we're ending the the podcast. Us lamenting, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. Isn't that perfect? Oh, nobody. For, yeah, it's like that's the sad thing is like nobody forces me to do this. Like as we were sitting there, I was, I was debating. I was debating whether to to send you a message and just be like, dude, I'm out tonight. I don't want to talk about this team. Um, I, the only the only thing I was you know I I couldn't decide what's worse like having to talk about this team or having someone having to listen to me talk about this team. I hope <laughs> for those of you out there, this is maybe at least what cathartic and not just soul crushing. Um, we're was, here for you. We're, was, we're all in this together. Uh, hopefully at some point things will turn for the better and it won't be this, you know, Miles Plumley on a unicycle of mediocrity type thing, which we've got going on now. But it, um, It's but yeah. funny to think too, like we've, we've done like, mind clearing podcasts in in the last two weeks like we've we've filled up i i joked the other day someone's like oh well you guys don't have to talk about the this heat game like over the weekend when we were talking about recording on sunday like you don't have to talk about it. you can talk about something else i was like shit we've used all of our pop culture material like we're already out of that like we we, we don't have any we don't have any more left like i needed a full month to like use my time other places like I, I need to be able to watch some other movies or listen to some other music so i can have some more recommendations like i don't have this material like i i used it all up i wasn't expecting to need to have a mind clearing <laughs> podcast every three games like <laughs> I, I was not ready for that so uh yeah if we're, we're we're using up uh all of our uh, our leeway with all of you so uh thanks for coming through it with all of us uh and you know we'll stick together and we'll we'll just we'll just get through it you know life's a garden dig it uh that's gonna be it for us bucks lose 106 101 <laughs> joe dirt <laughs> uh, i don't know where else to go at this point frank uh and a, 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 that, i mean ending ending a podcast on a joe dirt quote i'm i'm I feel pretty good about it if i'm gonna be honest joe dirt i mean joe dirt to take a an eight second detour into movies I, I have always been shocked at how much I enjoyed Joe Dirt both the first time and when I resaw it on you know Comedy Central. It's a or straight. It's a straight up good S- comedy movie. Straight. Strangely enough, a straight up enjoyable David Spade comedy about white trash. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what we got here uh, on the night. 25 points for Chris Middleton. He leads the way for the Bucks. Giannis only has 22. Eric Bledsoe, 2 of 13 with just 11 oh, points. Oh, one, one note. I, I tweeted about this. Giannis with two steals, two blocks. This is kind of sad and, and probably speaks to some of the Bucks' defensive problems over the past month. But that's the first time in, I think, 16 games that Giannis has had more than three, you know, four or more uh, steals plus blocks. And I was looking back up at this because obviously this felt like this used to be like an everyday thing. Yep. In the first 27 games, he had four or more stocks, steals plus blocks, 14 times out of 27 games. Then he went 15 games without doing it once. Finally tonight, two steals, two blocks, does it again. Um, I mean, he averaged two and two until the 40, oh, what game was it? 43rd game or something like that last year? Like, legitimately two steals yeah. two blocks per game like that was his number and he would have been the first person in i don't even know how many years to do it like he legitimately used to do that um while you just took us on that detour i swear if i see chris middleton eric bledsoe or yansa Dedekumbo attempt to dig in for a steal on a post-up 
an isolation covered well in the middle of the floor. I don't, I don't even know. I might throw my computer on the floor. Like, what? I was thinking something more dramatic, but okay. What on earth? Stop it. Stop it. ISOs are good for you as an like as a defense. That's totally fine, especially if it's well covered by one of the best defensive players in the world in Yasnet Akumbo. Stop doing it. Stop it. There's no need for it. It's not going to help anything. Stop it. It's stupid. God. All right. Good. I need to get that off my chest. That felt good. Bucks lose 106-101. Dumb stuff all over the place. I'm angry. And I'm going to cool off. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll attempt to have some fun. We will try to have a good time. That'll be it for us for tonight. That's Frank. I'm Eric. See you guys later.